Welcome to Awesome Autism Parents Podcast with your hosts, Sarah and Lindsay. We're both board-certified behavior analysts. This is a podcast for parents to listen to and be left feeling connected, free, and empowered as a parent with a child on the spectrum. Our podcasts and resources are designed from real parent feedback with what they are actually dealing with in life. It will make a big difference for this community when you tell us what support you need. Subscribe and look out for updates at awesomeautismparents.com. Hi, everyone. We're so excited for today's episode. We do have a special guest joining us today who we're going to interview. Um, Her name is Marcy, and she's a mother with child that is diagnosed with autism. And we're so excited to have her here today. What she's going to be sharing about is her experience of when her son was diagnosed with autism and the journey that she's gone through and the steps she's taken. We are going to dive into that with some questions today. So thank you so much, Marcy, for joining us. Hi. Welcome. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Lindsay. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we can jump into um, some of our questions and just to kind of give a little bit of background information. How old is your son currently now? So Patrick is about four and a half. He turned four in April. Great, great. When was he diagnosed with autism? So that's a tough question because I don't really remember things like milestones <laughs> anymore. But um, so he was first diagnosed by the school district. So that was when he was three. And then I took him in and had him medically diagnosed at um, Houston Children's Hospital. Is that about a year and a half ago, you'd say? Probably several months into his third year. Yeah. That's helpful. Thanks. Yeah, very helpful. So when the school district, you know, told you about the diagnosis and you wanted to get him medically evaluated, what led you to first get him evaluated? Was it a conversation with the school that you had or was it you kind of bringing this up to the school um, to, you know, hear a little bit further about what you should be doing at this point? Patrick's journey started pretty early on um, in one of his, you know, um, appointments with his pediatrician, probably when he was about beginning nine months up until 18 months, she started challenging um, his ability to reach his milestones with his speech. And, you know, at first I was like dismissive of that. There's nothing wrong. He's hitting all these milestones. You're just not able to hear it. And then as time wore on, I began to be suspicious myself. And so I had the pediatrician give me a referral for a speech therapist. And this was in Seattle. And so it was called the Boyer Clinic in Seattle, which is really well known and a very um, wonderful organization in Seattle. And I took him in for a full evaluation. And this is when he was still pretty young, probably um, maybe 18 months old. And he, you know, as an 18 month old, didn't have a ton of words even then, but went through that entire evaluation. And much of it was sort of like a questioning of us as parents to answer, to be able to sort of fulfill the evaluation. It was found at that point that he didn't have a speech delay, but uh, potentially some delay with fine motor skills, which we dismissed. (laughs) We're like, there's still nothing wrong with him. And then probably a few months later, as his speech was continuing to not really improve and hit even more milestones, and after we had moved to Austin, uh, I once again went and got uh, an evaluation at a private speech therapist who found that he had a moderate to significant speech delay, and it was the most terrifying experience (laughs) for me as a parent. So that was the first step. As time 
continued and he was in speech therapy. He was showing some improvement, but still was pretty delayed and was beginning to show other signs that made me suspicious of a potential autism issue with autism. And so at that point, I went and had him medically diagnosed after sort of like figuring that whole process out, which was completely draining as a parent and frustrating, but, you know, had him medically diagnosed. And then at that point, it was like, let's throw all of the therapies at him. And so at that point, we got ABA, took him to the school district, had him diagnosed and put into their pre-K program with specific IEPs and have continued on from there. It's a long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's it's a journey and it's a process. And, you know, I feel like, you know, Patrick was so young at those points that, you know, diving into speech and, you know, maybe thinking it's a speech delay and then hearing, you know, it might be a little bit more and just taking those steps, you know, as a parent can be really difficult to navigate, you know, what exactly it is that you you know, want to do next and what's going to be best for him. And yeah, I can definitely understand how that could be really draining. Completely. So when he was first given, you know, that medical diagnosis, what was it like in that moment for you? What was going through your head? How did you feel, you know, at that moment from when you got to that point of the journey? Well, uh, it was a complicated set of emotions. I wanted the medical diagnosis because it would enable us to get the insurance back up to throw all the therapies at them. But it was also sort of like I felt sad and I felt embarrassed and also really like defeated kind of. And, you know, and I think the thing is, is I had to sort of go through this realization with myself that what I was wanting for Patrick was for him to have the most successful outcome in life and have the ability to do anything that he wanted to do in life. And be, you know, happy and content uh, at whatever it is that he decided to do. And this, for me, felt like an obstacle in him being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it just set up a challenge for him. And it made me sad um, that he would have to figure out how to overcome that. And also embarrassed because, you know, I am sort of a type A person. And I am definitely an achiever. And, a, and I feel proud of myself when I'm able to accomplish things um, and get recognition for them. And so sort of like having to acknowledge that my child wasn't 100% perfect was embarrassing. And and then I was embarrassed a bit about being embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so really complicated uh, sort of set of emotions for me were a first time diagnosis. And then complicated with that was, you know, a set of family members who thought that I shouldn't bring up the topic whatsoever, still disagreed that he was autistic and having to deal with that. Yeah, definitely lots of conflicting emotions and, you know, dealing with it personally. And I feel like, you know, other family members and, you know, others being involved as well. um, You're going to go through lots of feelings and emotions with that. Do you feel, you know, since you know, at first those were kind of like your two things of that, hey, first, you know, I do feel embarrassed and, you know, that this is complicated and, um, you know, sad that Patrick might not reach those points. Do you feel like you have gone through stages personally after following the diagnosis now, you know, having some time since the diagnosis and going through, you know, the recent steps that, you know, we'll dive into in a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, some of the things that happened to me that helped me sort of through this personally was that, you know, I had mentioned to a few 
um, colleagues that I was getting, you know, getting Patrick evaluated and that I, oh, by the way, I didn't believe that there was anything wrong with them. So, you know, sort of qualifying that. And then for he got the diagnosis, I kind of didn't bring it up, you know, because mm-hmm. I was dealing with all those emotions. And then, you know, one by one was sort of ask me what's going on. And it was forced me to sort of talk about things. And one colleague in particular was super helpful in me working through some of these emotions. And it's because of his own personal experience. So he, you know, struggled in school sort of like his entire life until he was in probably, you know, middle to early high school when um, a teacher that he remembered said, hey, you know, I think you might be dyslexic. You know, I think you might be having trouble reading and, and, and dealing with all these learning things because you might be dyslexic. And hey, there's stuff that we can do to help you. And so once they sort of identified the problem and addressed it and had a game plan, he was able to overcome it. And he sold three companies, one to Amazon, one to Google, and one to First Data, right? So like he's had a major successful outcome. Yeah. His advice was like, you know, I'm really proud that you're addressing this head on. Many parents, you know, are in denial about it. And as a result, they don't do what's best for their kid early on. And so their kids don't have the best outcome. And so for me, that was like a light bulb moment, right? Like, it doesn't matter how I actually feel about this. What I'm going to do is take the diagnosis that the professionals have given me, and then I'm going to empower my child with as much therapy and, you know, help that I can and and hope for the most positive outcome. And that's really helped me sort of work through things with him. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, in that moment, like you're saying, oh, that was a light bulb moment for me um, of just kind of like turning around the context of how you were thinking of it of like, hey, I'm going to use this now. And I know I'm doing the best I can and, you know, reaching out to all these resources and different therapies and, you know, kind of like empowering yourself and, um, you know, Patrick with that as well. So I think that's awesome. And it's it's still like a work in progress for me, you know, so sometimes I'm still like, I find myself being like, oh, there's nothing wrong with them. Like we've solved this issue. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to like, it's not about me solving this issue. I have to sort of like realize like, this is Patrick's life. And when I look at my son, I wouldn't choose any other son in the whole world. Like the love I have for him is incredible. And I am best suited for him. I, I understand him. I prioritize him. I'm giving him everything I can. And so I should, I want to recognize that, you know? Yeah, no. And sometimes it's just taking a step back to acknowledge yourself through the process and him and, you know, where both of you guys are at in that. So I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I know you mentioned, you know, you obviously dove into therapies and, you know, doing what you can for him, what's best for him in his life. After he did receive that medical diagnosis and, you know, I'm sure you had a handful of information, you know, different recommendations and resources that were given to you, you know, what were those first steps, you know, that you were taking after you received all the information handed over to you? Um, There were a ton of things handed to me by the medical doctors. And I don't, admittedly, I didn't do everything. Like the first thing I did was do some research and previously had some experience and understanding sort of like primary and um, autism from what I could read. So the first thing to understand about autism, right, is like there's literally no direction for a parent. A spectrum is exactly what it is, a spectrum. And so there's no like playbook that a parent can take. 
their kid with autism, right? And they're all completely different. And, and when you do the research, it's like, they could be this way, or they could be that way, or could they be, they be this way, or it could manifest in a whole nother set of ways. And it's the most unhelpful diagnosis ever. But there are like a few, there's a handful of things that you can do. And essentially say, like, let's try, we're going to try all of these different things. And we're basically going to pulse all of the different things at different rates, and see what your child responds to. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try I'm going to continue with my private speech therapy. I'm going to get them in that school district and get them a personalized approach and have a, have him have a team. Um, and then I'm going to also do ABA therapy. And so I was I tried a mix of all those the three different things, connecting all the professionals in that group to really like help create um, a one-to-one sort of system for Patrick and, and figure out what works for him based upon goals that were set and him meeting or failing to meet those goals. Um, and then iterating from there. And that's kind of like what I do for a living for a different on a on a different vein. But like that made sense to me um, as sort of his healthcare advocate as like, we're just going to approach this as though it's a it's a there's a challenge here. And and the, the winning metric here that we're going to know if we're succeeding or not succeeding is him hitting his goals that are for being developmentally appropriate. Um, and so for me that, that, that clicked and that it was like a wheel turning and we could just like see progress, iterate, see progress, iterate, you know? Um, and that was super helpful for me. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you know, it is very individualized. Every child is going to be different. It's like what works for him and your family and trying those things of, you know, setting him up for success. And I definitely think there are permanent products of that measurement. Like, is he hitting this goal? Are we able to see this? Is he able to do these things? And that kind of, you know, helps you lead into, am I doing the right thing? Do we need to try something different? Yeah, very helpful. Yeah. So, you know, going into that, because you did say, you know, we're going to you know, treat this as, you know, a challenge to overcome and see like what we can do. You know, if you want to go into talking about a little bit more, you know, what are some challenges that you and your family have faced, um, you know, since the diagnosis and, you know, when maybe when you did receive the diagnosis? So I, you know, I think that the emotional sort of response is probably the biggest challenge. I think a big challenge for me is the unsolicited parenting advice I get from family members and members of the public in general. We sort of take our, our kids out in public all the time and we get varying responses from people. So I think sort of an example for that would be, you know, we were walking back from an event and Patrick was tired and Patrick was hungry and he had sort of like a, a sensory meltdown and he was like biting my hand as I was dragging him basically to the car and then he started hitting me and then he hit the car that was next to our car. And while for Patrick, that's, you know, not a frequent occurrence, you know, it, it takes a toll on me as a parent and it's embarrassing in public. But what I didn't enjoy was uh, having this, you know, random woman as we walked by tell me that I should smack my kid beyond oblivion for acting that way. Wow. And of course, that just made my blood boil. And it was really not helpful in that situation. You know, other things like family members being like, you should spank your child to get them to um, behave. And, you know, you are sort of like giving in and, and creating spoiled children. And, you know, my response is like, I pay thousands of dollars for therapies and none of them have told me to smack my child. You know, like, <laughs> I think that they might know better than you, but, you know, that's not, they don't really want to hear that. I think some of the other challenges have been that, 
you know, he does improve. And so the question is like, how long do we continue? And what's the right cadence for therapy? And are these therapies taking the place of, you know, playtime, which, you know, all studies show like they kids need to have a lot of playtime. And so sort of like figuring out from in a position that has been largely sort of unresearched, what's the appropriate mix of like focused therapeutic time versus unstructured playtime. And especially as he's aging and, and next year he's going to start kindergarten. Like, and then I guess on the other thing, it's the cost, you know? So you know, all the therapies together have co-pays essentially like for every visit. Right. And so I'm very, very lucky that I have good insurance that covers the bulk of the cost, but I still have a $35 copay with every therapeutic visit, which takes place three to four times a week. That cost adds up. And, you know, if you were to also have to supplement with additional childcare, then that would be an extremely hefty amount of money that by and large, most families couldn't afford. So I think that's a huge challenge. Finally, I think one of the things I think about all the time are sort of the parents that don't know or don't have the resources to to advocate for their child and get the therapies that they need early on. And what a failure we are as a society that we're not sort of enabling and empowering them. So figuring out like, how can we, how can I help other children? I see them on the playground and I'm like, they probably are autistic. And I wonder if their parents know, and, but I can't really bring it up because of the societal stigmas, you know, and thinking through those things. I think that a lot of parents can relate to a lot of those challenges that you brought up. I'm curious, something that you mentioned about what remarks and advice people give you out in public or family members, what have you done for yourself to block those things out and just kind of move on from them? I have a mouth, so I talk back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for family members, I've said to them, I literally don't want any parenting feedback from you. And that tends to shut them up for a little while. Oh, and then out in public, in the moment, when my child is having a sensory meltdown, it's really just sort of like grip my teeth and get through the moment. And then I cry, you know. <laughs> I, I'll sit in the back of the van with my kid and like just cry. Like the tears will go down my face. And I just have to sort of like talk it out. And it's just challenging. And everyone has their own sort of like hills that they have to climb. And this is mine. And so figuring out sort of how to work that, work through that for me has been involves like talking to other people about it. Definitely. And I think, you know, like you mentioned earlier too, that, you know, you you did meet someone that was super helpful to talk to and like reaching out to those people. And if it's professionals or if it is some family members or friends or coworkers or whoever that may be that, you know, you feel comfortable opening up to and, you know, just being able to talk about it, it, it definitely helps, um, you know, release some of those emotions. And I, as you mentioned about society kind of having these stigmas and, you know, things that we need to overcome, everyone's going to have their different opinions and has their different experiences. So it's just kind of like learning how to navigate that and <laughs> not taking it as a personal thing. But it's hard because it's something that you face, you know, when you are out in public. And if, you know, Patrick does have a meltdown or wherever it may be, and just, you know, being there for him in the moment and working through it, I think that's like the best that you can do. I totally agree. I mean, I have to, like when pa- Patrick is having a meltdown, it triggers me to be angry. And like my first instinct is, is kind of like, to hit him, you know, like I want him to shut up. And I have to like, remember, like, this is not he's not trying to like irritate me. He's just he's overloaded himself. So I have to like, take a beat and be like, okay, I'm just gonna be empathetic here. And try to employ those things that Sarah has told me to do. (laughs) And help him get through this moment, you know, 
And he doesn't want to be like that. No one wants to be in that heightened state of emotion, you know? Yeah. When I come home from work, like wanting to scream and hit and drink 400 bottles of wine, my husband like talks me through it. And so I need to remember that that's what Patrick wants too. You know, he wants me to be there with him and help him get calm. On another note, besides challenges, what do you think, you know, has helped you the most throughout this process? Like, I know you've touched on a few aspects of that, but what what do you feel like if you could, you know, share with these parents out there that's really helped you the most with this process? What's helped me the most with this process is just recognizing that knowledge is power and that once I have all the knowledge, I can take steps to overcoming the issues. And knowing that I'm doing everything I can to um, empower Patrick and help him get better or mitigate any future uh, negative impacts is knowing that is really helpful for me. And also, you know, sort of like seeing him blossom, seeing the results of our efforts has been super helpful. And I know that whatever it is, whatever the variables or combination of variables and things that we've taken, like it's actually working for us. And we're really lucky for that to be the case. And so very grateful for that. And also, I mean, like I have my son and we have this incredible bond and finally in a place uh, after a long time where he can like literally tell me that he loves me, which is something I, you know, I yearned for for over a year. And we're just really happy to have him in our family part of our lives. Definitely. And it's like taking those moments, like you said, of appreciation and like those moments that you do see the progress, you know, that he's able to communicate something so important to you. Like that is such a big moment, even though it's just a few words that he's able to say and communicate over to you. I'm sure that means so much. And, you know, that's where, you know, the most important thing is you want him happy and you guys want to be happy together. And that's awesome that you can, you know, share those moments together now. I remember when he was like two years old, I was at a work event and we were doing those one of those team building events where you'd go around the table and say what you wanted for like the next year or whatever and one of the things I wanted was for Patrick to tell me I love you and it didn't happen for a long time after then but eventually when it happened I was like this is the best thing ever and of course now it's on repeat but you know (laughs) (laughs) you got what you want yeah I got what I want Oh, that's so cute. Um, Well, yeah, I think, you know, all of this has been super helpful. I think families will really appreciate, you know, you just being able to open up and share one closing question that would be, you know, awesome to put out there is, you know, if you had to give a best piece of advice to give parents who has a child that is newly diagnosed, you know, what would that one piece of advice be for them? I'd hit the maximum healthcare savings account on your insurance program. So you can use those dollars tax-free to apply to any therapies that you might need. Because you want to get your financial house in order. Um, Because my overriding advice is to do all the therapies to see what works. And that's an expensive proposition. Well, thank you so much, Marcy, for joining us today. You know, I know it takes a lot as a parent to share and, you know, open up what we're dealing with. And I think, you know, that this you know, opening up throughout this interview and just talking about that because that new, you know, newly diagnosis moment, you know, and the steps and everything that goes after that, you know, there's a lot of processing and steps that are taken and, you know, just you being able to connect to this greater community and share, you know, your experience. Definitely parents could probably see themselves in your shoes or have gone through parts of this or maybe feel similar. So we really, really appreciate you coming on and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Marcy. This was super helpful. Yeah, like Sarah said, parents are going to gain a lot from this. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thanks, Sarah, for being part of Patrick's life.
<laughs> of course. Thanks so much, guys. And we just want to thank you for listening today. We really encourage you to fill out our questionnaire forms and feedback on our website that are up now. Our podcasts and resources are designed from real parent feedback with what they are actually dealing with in life. It will make a big difference for this community when you tell us what support you need. Subscribe and look out for updates at awesomeautismparents.com. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Keep up the awesomeness.